You so. should have your your names in the stars, no? Ooh, like Hollywood. <laughs> or like even just a BP. Something, yeah. Yeah, all I right, know, all like right. Our, our full names. <laughs> yeah, we'll block that. Well. I like it. Looks like we're going to have to uh, another embroidery fee. Let's <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> sports fan has an opinion well these are ours ours welcome to brock and pep's unsportsmanlike convo and here are your hosts brock fleming and pep cariotti good evening ladies and gentlemen june 22nd 2021 this is your host Brock Fleming, and on the other side is none other than Stevie Wonder. No, Pep Cariotti wearing the shades today. Pep, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Just honoring uh, Bob McCown, who uh, I didn't like at first. Not that I didn't like him. I just didn't mm. like his style, and he used to wear shades doing radio and stuff. But uh, he grew on me as I grew older. So, uh, Bob McCown, shout out to you, pal. These aren't quite your kind of shades, but uh, whatever. All right. Uh, off air, you were just like, I don't like them either. Anyway, uh, <laughs> is what it is. So uh, the, the visual cues tonight might be a little bit off, but whatever. We'll figure it out. Uh, June 22nd. So uh, a couple big things. I know you got a couple notes here uh, that you want to yeah. touch on. Uh, I as well. My daughter graduated grade six today. Crazy. Uh, Savina is going into junior high school next year. Uh, literally a wide range of emotions this morning from being proud of her, being proud of who she's turning into, uh, mm-hmm. being sad that she's done elementary school, that time is flying by, that, um, you know, the her and my son Jackson walking to and from school is over now. Um, you know, they won't have that same school bonding and then also fear of uh i would not want to be a high school student in today's day and age like i don't know how i would have handled that back in the day and now just with social media and all that kind of stuff that there was just extra um reach like if Mm -hmm. you were getting let's say picked on or you're having some sort of issue normally you have a safe haven when you go home or whatever and it's just kind of like it blocks it out like when we were younger Mm. Um, and you can avoid certain places or whatever if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. With this, with social media, I feel like there's always a way for people to get at you. So it's a constant True. thing. And I think with that, again, you know, you're a big advocate for the mental health stuff. You know, I'm mm-hmm. very nervous to make sure that, um, you know, that that uh, she feels comfortable enough talking and she's open about things. And whether it's with mm-hmm. me or whether it's with my wife or whether it's with uh, somebody else. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of fear in that, uh, as they mm-hmm. get older, but it is what it is. That's the life of being a parent. And, um, you know, uh, obviously I'm proud of her and, uh, yeah, we'll take the next steps uh, together as they come. Absolutely. That's it. Eh? You can only go step by step and day by day and roll with the punches with that age. And she'll live, she'll take her lumps. She'll live and learn a few things. And, um, you know, as long as she comes home to a healthy, happy family, I mean, you know, she'll get through it. No problem. And, uh, you know, they pick up stuff at home. Oh, I mean, call the big soft here. Come on, bud. Portugal lost, buddy. What's going on? They lost their second game. I think it's just around Robin, right? Still, I don't know how it's working right now, but, um, yeah, well, Mike, I mean, Mike works in a school, right? So he's, 
seen a lot of the terrible things students can do and use social media for and stuff like that. So he's, I should, he's, I should make you feel better. Right, yeah, he's easing my, he's easing my, my fears. Thanks. Appreciate that. Mikey. Um, on, the, on the flip side though, um, if I can even say about social media and uh, you know, you guys have a certain amount of control over what she can view and not view. So just keep that in mind, I think too. And also it, it also is a, it's a great resource. It's a great tool as well. Like it's, it's as cool as it is dangerous. Um, people are going to do what they do, you know, no, no sense in losing a lot of sleep over it. Just control what you can control. Hey, g- congratulations, Savino. It's great stuff. Uh, do they still do the, the face silhouettes when they graduate grade six? Like they used to do when I was in, uh, when we were in school. They have, a, they have actual pictures now, Pep. Yeah. They, they don't have <laughs> the people that. sketching your stuff. Anywho, okay. That's, <laughs> now I feel old. Literally a face cut out in grade six. <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, there was a virtual uh, one. It was like a virtual ceremony and she had to submit right a little on. clip with a certain line that they kind of put them all together and stuff like that. Nice. But um, yeah, definitely a different. Then we went to the actual um, school to do a quick... Um, you know, whatever. There's like a photo place. You kind of take the picture and. Oh, that's um, awesome. Is that today? That was today. Yeah. And she got a little uh, diploma and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. Adorable. Again, we have a 10 minute window, right? They, they book like two or three families yeah. in that 10 minute window. And yeah, I think yeah. they try and keep friends together and stuff. And then it was like, hey, not to be rude, but can you guys move along? Because we need to keep a certain distance <laughs> and we need to. Keep... Anyway, it is what it is. Navigate today's world. Cool. I want to shout out my sister. Nadia, she had a birthday on Sunday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Nadia! Yeah, yeah. She won't. I won't say her age, cause but just because I'm the youngest in the family, so you can put two and two together. Uh, but she, uh, we was the first time we got together as a family in our entire family since the pandemic started. Everyone's been double dosed except me. Um, but I'm more, um, I have it booked for the second dose, but, uh, yeah. it was pretty cool. It was literally a 16 months since my whole family was able to get together indoors and, uh, and, uh, yeah, so my mom was quite happy about that. I want to shout out my nephew. Uh, thanks Mikey. I want to shout out my nephew, Isaac, who, uh, did so well in school this year. Uh, he's, he's at Nouvelle Frontier in the hall. All right. All right. That's he the old so Darcy, well this, isn't it? That's the old Darcy. You okay. Got it. Yeah. He did so well in school that he was exempt from exams, um, and he got to finish two full weeks ahead of schedule. So he got really? two full, two extra weeks. Now this kid is so motivated that he's, and he's only like grade seven. Uh, I mean, he's looking for work. <laughs> I'm like, relax, just put your feet up. He goes, no, I, I get, I'm bored at home. I need to. And so he's starting a co-op and he interviewed for a job and like, I'm just proud of him. He's a, he's a great kid. My niece, Taya too, uh, his sister and my brother's kids as well. They're all just wonderful kids. Speaking of Taya, she made this, I'm her godfather. She made this for me. It's, um, is that out of those beads, beads and he melted up. down with the iron? Yep, and that's nice. my name and my basketball. So she's, nice. uh, she's very talented. Yeah, so shout her out as well. Brock, I wanted to ask you though, uh, what are your thoughts on incentivizing, uh, you know, early early end of school if you do well for kids? Is that like a as a reward? What do you think of that? I'm all for it. Right. To be honest, like everything that I look back on, my I was a procrastinator, uh, but if there was an incentive to focus early and be done earlier, I think that's that's teaching them the right lessons too, 
because when you wait to the last minute, your work always suffers to a point and, and there's a lot of stress and you're just kind of whipping things off. Mm-hmm. I'm always, I'm telling my kids, I said, don't do the same mistakes I do with kids. I coach who are down to university. Look, focus on those courses right away because mm-hmm. you know, countless times I see kids who have, they've already got their, they, they've passed the course before the final exam. Like they've put the work in at the beginning and they can kind of, mm-hmm. you know, relax for the rest of it. This kind of situation where you have that incentive to be out of school right. and not have exams. Heck yeah. I'm taking advantage of that as much as I can. Yeah, double whammy for him. It was great. So uh, good job, uh, good job, Isaac. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it from the uh, from a intro standpoint. Uh, we got I'll shout out Jackson because he gave me the uh, Father's Day. So he gave he made me a Jackson. little Colgate football uh, uh, thing up here, just above my head. If you can see it, so oh, I, I, I got to take my glasses off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see it. The little football night. <laughs> yeah, out there. Savina's is in the fridge. It was a uh, like a mason jar with uh, Reese's pieces in it. Oh yeah, uh, I gotta hide them like deep in the yeah. fridge so I don't get those all the time. I got certain cheat allowances during the week, but uh, Amen. yeah. Anyway, Good, pal. all right, let's get on with uh, some sports. First of all, I want to say thank you to you for putting. I think it's a great, uh, great idea, but a, a great feeler for all our listeners to kind of let us know what the sports and what they really want to hear. And I think when we start moving into uh, from a content standpoint, too, what they want to hear. Do they want mm-hmm. more, you know, uh, quizzes and uh, that kind of stuff? Or what kind of info do they have? And we can start really tailoring the show to uh, what people want to hear on a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Is it, you yeah. know, fantasy football stuff? Is it whatever? You know, we can kind of work towards it because you and I are both so versed in a bunch of different areas of sports and stuff, too, that, you know, sometimes it's it's whatever's current. But if we have stuff to focus down on, I think it would be great. And I think that uh, what you've put out there. So if, you ha- if you're listening and you haven't voted, go to the Facebook page, uh, the group, and vote on your favorite sports. And then we'll kind of start to narrow it down from there. But I appreciate that. That was good. Hey, no problem, man. It's all the usual suspects. That, like just kind of what I anticipated, you know, football and hockey and baseball and basketball sort of. Uh, basketball and baseball sort of neck and neck and football dominating. So uh, great stuff. And we'll narrow it down. Uh, like uh, someone asked me, are you going to narrow down uh, – CFL as an example for foot for people who love football as their favorite sport. And I will do that sort of as, as a second round of votes, but we'll get to that some other time. I did want to more soccer talk. Okay. Well, Mike, we'll have to get you on to talk soccer. Get on, we'll get on the show, pal. Even if it's a phone, if it's just a phone call and, uh, or whatever, like just, you, we can get you on as a, as a phone call, I guess, whatever. So get on the show. If you want to talk soccer, kid. <laughs> Okay. I get, okay, that's like I'm waiting for him to respond. He's not okay. Uh, before listen, before we before we move on to our headlines, I do want to address one conversation over the weekend. It was early in the weekend on my pep talk page um, with regards to um, Cole Beasley's comment about he'd rather retire than get a vaccine. I got pretty ticked off, and t- I mean, not at anybody in, in particular. I think just tick, I'm ticked off at the situation. No, 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 no. God no, Lord, okay, no. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. No, no. I pulled the plug. I said, guys, I gotta go. I gotta end this conversation. I have a great weekend, and that was that. <laughs> um, nobody in particular. No comment in particular. Um, I think I just get so frustrated with it, only because of my situation. It, it, I take it personally now because I'm I'm still waiting a, a recall to work. Plus, I've lost family members to COVID, so I'm sensitive. I'm sensitive to it because it's like this: if we don't take this seriously, I may not get back to work in time, and that's that's very scary for me. So mm-hmm. I think 
I think that's where I, I just get a little overly sensitive about it. So I'm, I'm just going to make a conscious effort to not, maybe not talk about it. Um, if it does come up, if somebody wants to post and have a discussion, as long as it's sort of, uh, I mean, I lose my mind sometimes now lately with that topic. And I, I really am just going to avoid it because it's not, it's not good for my mental health to, to get to that degree of anger. So I'm just going to, uh, I want to apologize if I came across sort of vicious to anybody. It's not my point. Um, but again, it hits home. You know what I mean? So apologies out there. Um, I'll do my best moving forward to uh, be a bit more sensitive to the topic anyway. Hey, makes sense. And everybody's got their own view. Everybody's affected in different uh, aspects, given all For this sure. kind of stuff. And, you know, when I was rebutting some of those things, it's it's taking the U.S. situation into context and they're For completely sure. different than where we are right now. Um, and you know, again, I can, I can see both sides. I've gotten my first shot, you know, if I had gotten AstraZeneca, like a lot of people and they were pulling it and stuff like that, I would probably feel even less comfortable, mm. um, stuff like that, that, you know, again, does come up, but, um, anyway, it is what it is. Um, you know, it, it, the apology for whoever you were talking to, I'm sure is, is fine. Everybody understands where you're coming from too. And the frustrations that are around with it. So, for sure. And it was no, like I said, it was nobody in particular. It was just a general conversation. And uh, I found myself getting heated and saying, you know what, screw it. And it's, I'm just going to not go there anymore. It just, it gets me upset. And uh, then I want to get defensive. And then I want to prove my point and bring up facts. And, you know, I do work, my office is directly in the middle of a, of a hospital. So I have a little bit of the in when it comes to information that people may not know about. Anyways, let's move on to sports, bud. Moving on to sports. Moving on to sports. Let's get the headlines thing. What's that? These are two new lids. I got three you lids got, going here. So I got the, the orange one done, and then I got the green and the black. Anyway, so he oh. gave me a couple extras for that. So I figure we can do something, whether it's a giveaway or somebody lines up a sponsor or is a sponsor and gets a lid. So anyway, so I got a couple lids to give away. Lid. I got to get a lid. Um, yeah, we got to get some uh, unstructured for you, but uh, we got yes. the... I got to get Gord and Isaiah to post because Gord got a couple of hats and a nice little hoodie and stuff. We should have a store set up fairly soon, too, for people to get on and, and just uh, Beautiful. Like an order. Um, Beautiful. Let's start with... Okay. Headlines with Brock and Pep. It's essentially a headline show, so we're going to start yeah. with that. We got, um, we got a lot of stuff here on my agenda here, so... Yeah, if you want to, hey, let's start right here. This is the big news. I got the video clip. I'm going to play it. Yeah, go ahead. Carl Massive. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Um, I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Um, I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. Um, but until then, you know, I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. And I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. They're an incredible organization. They're the number one suicide prevention service for LGBTQ youth in America. And they're truly doing incredible things. And I'm very excited to be a part of it, to help in any way that I can. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. Uh, that's all I have for you guys. I hope you have a So it, oh, Hang on. Before we talk about it, where's the audi- Where's the clapping uh, button there, the audience? Let's give them a- yeah. 
That's big. You know what I mean? Yeah, huge. It's huge. Uh, you know, his jersey was the number one selling jersey on fanatics.com uh, yesterday and today. That's that's a pretty cool thing. Um, tough tough to do in a, in a sport. You know, John Amici and uh, John, Jason Collins, two former NBA players in the, uh, in the well, mid-2000s, uh, they came out uh, sh- shortly after their careers were done, um, and they were received quite well. <sighs> Football's a different sport. Football's a different sport when it comes to that. It's very uh, masculine. Yep. Uh, it's violent. And, uh, you know, you know how it is. Of course. I'm talking to the, I'm preaching to the preacher here. Uh, your thoughts on on his his comment, his coming out, and the impact that can have on generations of kids who who maybe know their, their sexuality in high school, but choose not to play football because of it. Will that change the game? Will that change the narrative? Um, I'm, you know, I'm not sure from, uh, people not playing football because of their sexuality. I don't know if that's necessarily the case as much as people hiding their sexuality to continue playing football or in the football culture and too afraid to reveal their sexuality, um, because of playing football. I think this is a great step. I personally know, um, I personally know. A, a guy played football with a Colgate, you know, great friend of Orrin Harris. His brother was a tackle for the 49ers for years. Um, used to say, actually, DeVorn used to say, like, look, Brock, you're just as good as he is, all that kind of stuff, whatever. Anyway, later on, once he retired, he came out um, after, again, post-retirement. So it's a little bit different at that point. Same with those NBA guys when you come out mm-hmm. sort of after the fact. Um, but still, you know, it was still a, a fairly big deal. You know, from a football standpoint, I think the fact that he's an active player, um, you know, we did have that uh, Michael Sam, Sam, I think it was, who was, uh, I remember him getting drafted uh, and in the draft room, not the room, but in his house where he got drafted, he was celebrating with his boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if he actually landed on any active rosters after that draft. It did end up in the CFL for a little bit, Um, fizzled out fairly quick, I guess. I don't really know if that had anything to do with with that or just his abilities because he was a pretty good i think it was just ability personally i didn't think i didn't think he was a superstar he was i mean he was really good in college i think it was missouri Missouri? he played for yeah and he was i mean he was all over the place for in an sec conference which was pretty damn good for him to stand Mm -hmm. out and again missouri's not a great team so he probably was forced to make a lot of those tackles uh but still i thought you know maybe he would stick around maybe a bit longer um but anyway uh the fact that i mean Nassib is a pretty good player. Like he's, yeah, he's he's productive out there. Um, I know that he's got a lot of uh, praise and kudos from other NFL players and stuff that have reached out to him through Twitter and stuff. You can see that kind of all online. But uh, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty well uh, received. I know some people are like, oh, they're gonna boo him or they're gonna, you know, how long no, is he gonna last for all that kind so. of stuff. Honestly, I think you're going to have a longer, and it's proven, it's likely proven to be uh, a longer grudge against the, the guys that are kneeling than um, him coming out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And look, it, you know, it's good. I mean, it's good. It's sad that uh, people still have to come out, but it is what it is. That's the still world. We haven't, uh, we haven't evolved to that point quite yet, but it's, it's progress. It's progress for sure. 
it does take courage to do that. I mean, people, I was reading a thread on, I think it was um, either bar stool or Adam Schefter posted. And if you read the thread, I mean, a lot, uh, certainly on Barstool, a lot of the replies are American because they're, it's American, uh, American website. I mean, it, it's tough to read some of the stuff, the jokes and the this and the that. And I, look, it's the old locker room talk, right? I'm guilty of it as, as much as anybody else sometimes when, when, you're, when you're just sitting around with the boys and stuff. But to post it on social media with your name tagged, I mean, it just goes to show the level of ignorance that this still exists out there. So it does take courage to, to do that and to face the, face the fire and, you know, and have ignorant people make jokes about it and stuff like that. It's for me, it's nothing, nothing less than, uh, than racism, making fun of somebody's culture. It's a difference. It's the same thing. So, um, kudos to him and, uh, we'll see what, we'll see where it goes next with this. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, Canada today announced that they're going to legalize single game sports betting. Is that a big deal? It's a big deal for a lot of people I know, and it's dangerous for a lot of people I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, it's my retirement plan. So I'm, I'm I've been waiting for this for 20 years. We're going to see some, some, uh, some shopping carts stolen as people are transitioning to living in oh. those, depending on what happens. So, some, a guy on the news uh, um, today, I was just watching. I think it was Global. Um, he said this is one of the bi- one of the most important, biggest things to happen in Canadian sports in uh, in 100 years. That's a pretty bold statement. So, I don't know. We should get uh, our resident gambler on, uh, but what's <laughs> <laughs> what's like? Uh, what exactly does this mean for for Canadian sports? Like, there's um, Lotto Quebec and all that kind of stuff that have betting on sports. But what's the what's the biggest thing? Was it single game single sports? Game? Yeah. So that's okay. why before you had to bet like on two or three games, right? That's why you had to have that minimum. Now you can just bet on one game. Is that I, what that I is? Believe, I believe that's that's the difference. I mean, Kurt. Um, is Kurt here? Always had to do a parlay before. It's Kurt. There he is. Curtis. Uh, this, is, this is our resident accountants, science and innovation specialist, and uh, <laughs> we're we're asking. So uh, today, the, the uh, Canada announced that um, right. they've legalized single-game sports betting. What is the big deal? One dude on Global said this is the second or third biggest thing to happen in Canadian sports uh, history in 100 years. Okay, well, that's a little... Anyways. Um, Please explain. Like, like Brock said, you, really, you, uh, you always had to bet at least two, two games, two, no matter where you put your bet down. So unless you had a bookie on the side. Mm-hmm. which a lot of my friends do. So I guess now that they, they could actually probably just uh, go with your local government gaming site, right? Okay. Um, yeah, we'll see. But, and uh, you're just picking a one game. You just a one loser. That's it. One game. So I like it. So why is that such a... Why is that such a big deal to be able to do on one versus a parlay? As a gambler, you're like, okay, well, I got... Instead of trying to get three games right or two games right i can only i only need to get one but is that is that the only thing or what's the like why would this have taken so long to become legal that's a good question i don't know why it took so long to become legal but that's the only benefit right i mean you the chances are you getting two or three games right is it's it's tougher than you think right in the world of sports but uh one game a lot of people are a lot more comfortable and they'll they'll shell out it's 50-50, and you can put you, you feel comfortable uh, if one game you can put a, a significant sum of money down, right? If I were to bet, I don't bet. So, 
<laughs> right. Okay. On that one, we, we don't lie here, Curtis. Actually, get it, let us get us a close up of that hat. We got a comment saying they really like yeah, the blue Mike and white hat. Mike likes hat. that one. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Love it. Beauty. I mean, I need to get one of these guys. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, Joe yeah. loved it. When he saw it yesterday, he loved it. Unstructured fit. I got I to gotta call the guy up. I have his number. Yeah, he'll get you some should stuff. have your, your names in the stars, no? Ooh, like Hollywood. <laughs> or like even just a BP. Something, yeah. Yeah, all I'm right, like, all right. Our, our full names. Yeah, a broth hat. Well. I like it. Looks like we're going to have to uh, another embroidery fee. Let's <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> all right, thanks, okay. Curtis. Thanks for clarifying. Right. Appreciate yeah. it, Pally. That's all right, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's one hundred percent sure. That's that's a rum and coke. Oh, for yeah, sure, one hundred percent. I think that's uh, brother's a legend. He is getting quite the uh, the reputation, and he's really building that legacy up. He Whoa. is an absolute legend, friend, brother, just a community guy. You uh, know what? I actually brought this up the other day. Not this uh, beard and shades in the stars. Not a bad idea. Um, <laughs> Was uh, oh, I lo- ooh, I like that. <clears throat> it's interesting. My yeah. uh, one star has beard, the other one has glasses. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then you got to wear those stupid shades all the time. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jackson, my son, has a laugh where when he's actually laughing, it's it's one of those <laughs> laughs that is contagious. Like you don't know what he's laughing about, but you kind of start to giggle yourself. Yeah. And I love it, but it reminds me of like Curtis and producer Mike and even you, when you get going too, like it gets to a point and it's just, it's contagious and you don't even know what's happening, but especially Curtis and Mike, like you get him in the same room and something starts going and it's just, it's the laugh. Curtis's laugh can be heard like three holes down on a golf course. Like it's, it's insane when he gets going and it's hilarious. And I'm glad that Jackson has that trait. It's the call of the wild. All right. We are off. Topic now. Oh, we're off topic. All right. Uh, okay. Sports betting. Yeah, that's. I'm excited about it. It's again, like Kurt said, fifty fifty. It simplifies it for people who aren't as savvy. But I, and I'll I'll be the first to admit, I'm not super savvy on that. I gotta Speaking ask Curtis of, uh, how to transfer my mortgage onto a one game bet. Anyway, continue. <laughs> that's right. Uh, speaking of sort of uh, like betting, the NBA draft lottery tonight. The Raptors have a seven point five percent chance of getting the number one pick. Uh, they have a thirty percent chance of getting a top four pick. I mean, those are decent odds. Um, Cade Cunningham's a real stud. He's like a, a budding star. And if uh, if by chance the Raptors do land number one number one draft pick and they get him, I mean, look out. If they can sort of figure out a way to re-sign Kyle Lowry. Um, Cade Cunningham is the guy, Oklahoma State star. Okay. Um, there's Gonzaga Suggs as well, who's also a very good player. Um, oh, yeah. I remember uh, him. He, He's some, he falls somewhere in the top four. But anyway, if the Raptors fall top four, I mean, it could really change what their plan is for the offseason. And uh, I think plan one right now is they got to resign Masai. I mean, he's still out there. I think he said he wants to come back. But, you know, I've, I feel like Masai is the glue that holds it all together. Don't you feel like that? Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. he comes, he has the plan. He's the one that puts it all in place. So he yeah. needs to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Blue Jays, George Springer's in the lineup tonight. He's batting fifth. So that means Marcus Simeon, who I think has earned whatever spot he wants. He's been fantastic for one Unreal. year, 18 million. I mean, I think, not to, not to harp on Marcus Simeon, but I mean, I think he is just, uh, he's now played himself out of the Jays' uh, future. 
I mean, he's going to command a gigantic contract next year. He bet on himself, basically. One year, 18 mil. This is a guy who was an MVP finalist two seasons ago. If he if he continues on, if he he's on pace for like 35 homers and, you know, 280, whatever he's hitting, should the Jays consider, yes. you know, for Marcus Simeon, they're going to have to pay these guys soon, all those guys. Pay them. Um, Rodgers, so many- there's money there. The COVID was probably the 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 biggest asset that the Blue Jays ownership had because everybody's oh, sitting at home know. watching television and, and butting up. Just, yep. just pay the man. You know who else bet on himself back in the day as the Jays was Batista. Like he came in oh, at yeah. a, you know, and then exploded and he's like our guy. I don't know. I, I, I hope there's also, you know what I mean? Like you can get your career going with a certain team and say, you know what, I'm going to jump ship and take like the big payday. Yes, mm-hmm. you're going to command a certain amount of money. But at the same time, you can very easily go to that other team and not have the same success, not have the same chemistry, not have the same whatever. We've seen it a million times. Exactly. So I hope that players put a little bit of emphasis on, look, I enjoy playing here. I'm having success here. I feel comfortable here. That's why all mm-hmm. these little intangibles are helping me become mm-hmm. the player that I am today. So, yes, you deserve more money for sure. I'm not asking anybody to to take a hometown discount because there's no hometown unless you're from mm. Scarborough. Yeah. But, you know, understand the situation. Say, this is a good situation for me to continue to be oh. a good player. And if he does that multiple years, like, you know, a one and a, a real good one year is not going to be as um, comfortable for o- other ownerships to pay big money long term. You say, look, I put two or three together here. Now you can. Now you go fine, whatever. But I just don't jump ship super fast because I think ah. the situation is really um, what catered to you getting back into work to start them right now. And I, you know, the thing with Simeon is that I mean, I think they they brought him in not knowing what to expect. He had a really down year last year. Yep. I think it was a it was a weird year, sixty games, um, but he really did have a down year. And um, you know, there's a lot of guys in the pipeline who play that second uh, second base. You know, Austin Martin and Groshans, and they got to find spots for these guys. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him. Maybe they maybe they extend him before the season ends. I, the Blue Jays don't usually typically do that, but. Well, Mike, like we'll producer Mike just made a comment saying that the Jays had locked down Batista when it was still favorable to the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is something they locked down early. So, you know what? Let's get something locked down here. You're hot right now. Let's lock it in because who knows what happens the rest of the season. You know, the guy hey. has bet on himself, but there's another half left. And if you can go right down and do nothing, you know, you've lost all that. It's kind of like – you know, sell high was where he's at right mm. now. And if we can get him for that, like, we're doing it mid-season because we believe in you and whatever. We don't want to go to a com- uh, a competitive bidding war. I don't know. Maybe both sides hey, listen, can come out ahead. He and Springer are the only two guys with real experience. You know, everybody else is super young. I'm a pitching pitching uh, crew aside. I mean, that's that's a young team. They need guys like Simeon and Springer who are, like, super talented, number one, but two, they're veteran guys who've won. You know, Simeon's been in the playoffs how many years with the A's? And the, speaking of the A's, they're still first. I mean, I don't know how that team does it with Billy Bean and uh, Billy Ball and Moneyball, whatever it is. It's just crazy what they do over there. But, you know, tonight's lineup, look at tonight's lineup. S- Simeon, Bichette, this is in, this is how they're hitting tonight. Simeon, Bichette, Vladdy, T. Oscar, Springer at number five. Biggio, who's starting to come around. 
Gurriel and Maguire, and because they're playing in the NL, the, the pitcher's hitting, so Stripling's batting ninth. I mean, one to seven, I mean, that's a, that's a good young lineup. Yeah. Mike just said that Springer's 0 for 1, so. Well, Springer wasn't, he didn't light it up in his five games uh, down in, uh, in Buffalo there. He didn't, he didn't exactly light up the lamp, but I mean, he's ready, right? They, they, they basically just told him, look, whenever you feel ready, come on up. So. (laughs) As soon as he stepped foot in Buffalo, I'm ready. Bring me back (laughs) to wherever the hell I am. I'll meet you there. That's right. right. Um, So anyway, I'm excited about the, uh, about the Jays prospect there. Look, man. Um, they're 35 and 35, and that's not spectacular. We expect a little bit more. I know they're young. I know the build, the bullpen has been the issue, the major issue, because starting pitching has been pretty good. Yeah. But 35 and 35, that makes me a little bit nervous. That they're only 500? Yeah. Uh, realistically, like you're asking me after a week of borderline extreme disappointment from those the, the series with the Yankees, yeah. Uh, where they should have they should have won that series to some of the Red Sox ones, and then uh, the Orioles until that comeback in the bottom mm. of the ninth. Big they were win. on a major slide. I think it was five Big or six win. games, and it was just we were fell below five hundred. And I thought, okay, you know what? We just don't have the arms coming out of the bullpen. Like we're constantly losing games, the seventh, eighth, ninth type innings because guys are hurt, and we don't have those guys to get in and close it. And yeah. I thought this is just going to get worse. And then they sort of rallied one in the bottom of ninth, which was huge. And, you know, they start to maybe uh, climb out of it a little bit or put at least up some decent runs to give the pitchers a chance, at least some wiggle room. But um, at 35 and 35, yeah, it's not ideal. But at the same time, it could be a lot worse. Here's my thing, Brock. And we talked about this right at the beginning of the season, in preseason, in fact, when we had Mike on. And uh, I I don't want to sound like a broken record, but... The end of last year, 60-game sprint to the playoffs. By the 50th game, the pen was done. The mm-hmm. pen was wiped, and they did not look good in the playoffs. I mean, it only lasted a game or two, whatever it was. Um, and they're at that 70-game mark now, and the last 10, 15 games, the, the pen looks done. I mean, they're physically done. They're all injured. So something's up with the Jays organization and their bullpen usage. Something's fishy. Something doesn't add up. It's abnormal to have this many injuries uh, to one particular group. Uh, their starting pitching seems fine. They're all stretched out and ready to go. I mean, they've been relatively... Steven Matz, I think, is on COVID. Uh, uh, he's off with COVID or whatever. I think that's it's, there's nothing physical with him. Um, but their starting pitching has been good. So the talk is, you know, Nate Pearson and Thomas Hatch are almost ready to come back. They're about a week or two away. Are they going to go in the pen? Um this Pearson trajectory is looking a lot like Sanchez in mm. the pen to start. And then he, when he did start, he'd get injured. And I mean, is it not eerily similar to what we saw with Aaron Sanchez? Yeah. But until it ends up being, and it's so finicky from a pitcher standpoint, cause I love mm. Sanchez, but those like the blisters, you know what I mean? And yeah. as an athlete, now I get it. That's your Brendan. That's what you work with. And it's the feeling of the baseball, but it's so hard. Yeah. If you play any other sport, whatever, to be like, you know what? I'm sitting out because I got a blister. I can't pitch because I have a blister. And you're like, what is happening? Like, it's just, it's the most annoying type of injury when you're just watching from a spectator's uh, perspective. And it's just, uh, that was the biggest thing with with, uh, with Sanchez. You know, we'll see. Pearson, again, he's yeah. a young guy. He's coming up. He's, he's 
you know, maybe trying to overdo it. Uh, maybe what, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things there. Um, I don't know. It's uh, maybe it's got something to do with the, the new rules of the uh, MLB too, where, you know, pitchers are getting hurt because they're gripping the ball harder. Now mm. all those kind of things that are uh, in the news recently, but well, as I Mike think- says, Hey, if, if we had gone through the list of injuries, the list of, well, now a suspension for uh, Manoa that's up, um, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, again, Springer being out for so long, all that kind of stuff. And we said, you know what, at this point we'll be 35 and 35, given all that, we'd probably be happy with it. Oh, totally. And that's a glass half full. And I'm, I tend to be glass half full. Uh, I have, we haven't seen the full, the full slate of, uh, of uh, relievers. I do think, Hey, I do think that uh, yeah, Mike, we're going to mention that in a minute there, buddy. Yeah, you're you're a step ahead of us. Um, I do think the the Jays should consider acquiring some starting pitching as well, and maybe moving a guy like Stripling back to sort of where he belongs, which is sort of that middle relief, because Trent Thornton just has not done it. Um, Trent Thornton is what he is. You know, it's the old Denny Green. Uh, they are well, who they who we think they are. I mean, he is what they think they are. He's not. He's not the man they need. He's he's neither a, a starter. He can't long relief. He doesn't throw hard enough to be like a, a back end of the bullpen. So what are you going to do with a guy like Trent Thornton? You move Stripling to the pen, go get some starting pitching, and uh, let's roll. Uh, have you heard of Gabe Marino? He's a double-A catcher for the Jays, tearing it up. He's batting like 375. He's hit three homers in three games. They just recently moved him to third. He did really well there, so he can catch and play third. Hmm, what a coincidence, the two <laughs> positions that the Jays really suck at. Yeah. So um, your thoughts on hanging tight with, like, that catching crew waiting for a guy like Gabe Moreno, who apparently looks like the real deal, or should they go and get a veteran guy and may, if they want to make something of this season? What do you think? Uh, well, I was uh, in favor of them going after, uh, was it Molina? Uh, Yadier? Yeah. Molina? Yeah. It was available in the uh, – off season, I would have liked to have seen him come in. At this point, now you're 70 games in. I don't know who you would and how you would obtain a veteran catcher who could actually bring enough value back to the Jays without mm-hmm. giving up a ton. Um, so again, I, I, I'm not the GM, so I don't know how they do it. If they could, I'd say sure. You know, maybe that's uh, that's what it needs because if you can lock somebody in. At a like who's a vet in that position yeah. for a couple of years and maybe have that overlap with Gabe when he comes up. So you have that veteran presence and you have the new kid who's kind of in to actually follow with somebody who is a vet who knows the position and is good at it as opposed to maybe the mishmash of um, catching by uh, committee right now that we have. Yeah. They're not exactly yeah. the 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 leaders that can really groom Gabe. Gabe will come in and he'll likely be the best out of the bunch already. And then what happens? So if they can do something like that, I would be totally down for it. And you know, I, they have a ton of catchers. Reese McGuire's actually played pretty well. We've, we've yeah. been hard on him, but he's actually he's he was four for four against the Orioles or something like that with yep. three doubles and he had all the RBIs. I mean he was he was actually really good. Um the forgotten guy has been Alejandro Kirk. I know he's been hurt. Um, but you know, there was, you know, for the beginning of the season, he was the man behind and he was starting to take more of the, more of the reps behind, uh, behind the plate than Jansen was. Now they're both hurt. You know, is, is Kirk a guy that they're, they still consider to be their number one or, I mean, look, they, they sent down, uh, bringing up Springer this, uh, today, they sent down Telez and Jonathan Davis to make room for those two guys. 
I mean, we can, there's some assets now. If you flip Telez and Kirk, I mean, that might be a tantalizing deal for somebody who wants to give up some pitching and get some ready-made players in return. Like, what are your thoughts on maybe a deal involving Telez and Kirk? Do you like Kirk's future with the Jays? Um, I'm not sold on him. So if we can make a deal and get something back for him, Why? I would not be disappointed. Why? How come? Uh, honestly, no, I just think his, uh, his overall fitness to a point, like not good. he's a good hitter and whatever, but he's not in my issue with the Jays is being able to manufacture runs when you need to. And when you have guys We've had guys that are great hitters, home run hitters and stuff, but they're not great on the base pads. They're not as agile. And from a catching standpoint, yeah, he's low. His center gravity is low and he, you know, he catches pretty well. But at the same time, you got to be really agile as a catcher if that mm. ball gets behind you. And I just don't think he brings a lot of that stuff. Now, you know, Ange doesn't watch baseball, but when we do watch the Jays, you know, she gets into it and she's just like, she's made multiple comments on how much weight Vladdy's lost since last year. And I mean, that's the kind of thing that we needed to see from Kirk. And I was kind of hoping we would see a bit more of that over the off season. Mm -hmm. When you got your star guy is, is being criticized for it Mm -hmm. and is putting the work in. And now he's having an MVP caliber season. Kirk comes in. He doesn't look any better than he did the year before. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. And maybe he's working his ass off for it, which is also, you know, not great because if he takes any step back on that, it's just going to get worse. Anyway, for that mm-hmm. aspect, he's just not the guy that I see being the long-term solution for the Jays. So if we can get good pitching because we need pitching, maybe a vet catcher or something like that, you know, something in return, I'd be totally okay with uh, Kirk and Telez going. Yeah, you know, and Telez, I, I've been rooting for him because his story is pretty good, but at some point, you know, guys like him who could play a little bit of defense but bring nothing on the base pads, um, what are you going to do with a guy like him anymore? Like, if, if he can't consistently hit homers, which is really why he's there, then what, he's just Kendris Morales, basically. He's just Justin Smoke. He's just Travis Shaw. He's just a big lumbering guy who, if he doesn't get on base, if he doesn't hit a homer, sorry, I mean, he's a liability on base. That's how slow he is. So, I like Smokey. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I like Smokey. Smokey. Smokey's best year was when they got rid of everybody, and they, you know, and he put, he was first base full time, and he had, yeah. he, I think he had 35 homers. But Smokey then uh, hit the wall. You know, um, good defensive player, but slow and good teammate. Anyways, I, I do like Kirk's bat. I will say this: Kirk can hit. He hits the uh, the entire field. He's got power. But like you say, I mean. Uh, he only played 20 or 30 games last year. He only lasted 20 or 30 games this year. This is a 162-game season. I don't know if a guy like Kirk with his current condition can uh, can survive that uh, that entire season. So, anyway, moving on, uh, just one more thing with the uh, with MLB. Um, as of a couple of days ago, they're now enforcing the uh, no tacky tack on your hands. Um the rule, the pitchers were u- using uh, some substance, a foreign substance, to get uh, better spin rate on the ball and have more control over the ball. And uh, Trevor Bauer made had a great take today, uh, or it might have been yesterday, actually, before the game. Yeah. And he, he, he had, what, the ball on his hand? He was holding the ball open-handed. It was stuck to his hand. And he's like, look, all this is is sweat and, and rosin, rosin from, the, from the rosin bag. And he goes, umpires aren't trained enough to know if I've used a foreign substance or if it's just sweat and rosin. And he's like, this is 
his take was awesome. He's like, this really sucks to do it mid season to really not sit down with the, with the players uh, union and discuss how we're going to do this. I mean, I was pretty impressed with, I don't really like Bauer. I, I, I didn't, I kind of like him now. I, oh yeah. It was just one take to, for, to, to make a, where was he before my mind? Cause he, he played the Jays. Oh, he, he was in Cleveland. Cleveland. He was okay. in, uh, he was in Cincinnati and now he's obviously yeah. in, uh, it was Cleveland when I couldn't stand him. And that's when back yeah. in the Jays in like 15 or something, 15, 16, we're playing those teams. So I couldn't stand yeah. him. But I, I do really like him right now. Yeah, and he speaks I, his mind. And even at the time, he's he's going through the take saying this is the sticky stuff. And he he referenced it to being like uh, with the MLB, the, the umps being the judge, jury, and executionary. He's like, it's like saying, okay, uh, you cops are there. No radar gun, but you figure out who's speeding. And then you get the ticket. And there's no chance for a rebuttal or anything like that. It's just here's the ticket. You got to pay it. You're toast. Or you go to jail, whatever. And they got to yeah. determine, all oh, this car's going 90 with no radar gun. Like nothing to, to follow it up with. And uh, so, but at the same time, he's saying, you know what? I've been harping on the MLB to uh, create a more fair environment. Like he's been pushing that so he's like at the same time he's like i wanted them to do this i i i, I encourage it it should all be mm-hmm. even uh, an even playing field he's like yeah it's just not a right time to do it he's like we're doing it it should be in the off season all that kind of stuff makes you sense know, <clears throat> he was he went on the whole thing like what do you think should happen he's like well he's like i think there should be a, a machine because he was explaining that every baseball that comes out of a pack gets like literally hand uh, mudded. So you put mud in your hand and you, yeah. you put it on the ball or whatever, and it gets a little bit tacky. He's like, the problem with that is that they do it so far in advance that it starts to get dry. And when it's dry, it's super slippery. Yeah. So he's like, have a machine. So he's like a conveyor belt. You put the balls in, it goes to the bottom. He's like, it sprays with the light coating of whatever approved substance MLB decides. He's like, and then it goes into a, a, a bucket. And he's like, it's good for, you know, half hour, 40 minutes, whatever, for that tackiness. You do that between each inning. He's like, pitcher pitches, you come off. And he's even like, you just swab. He's like, one of those like bomb sniffer things. He's like, just yeah. sw- pa- uh, swipe the palm and then it goes to the lab. And if there's a foreign substance then the pitcher would get uh, suspended accordingly. But yep. so he's got it like pretty thought out. Obviously he's a, pro- a professional pitcher and is, you know, this is his livelihood here. Um, but then at the same time, he's like, well, <clears throat> how do you account for transfer? So batters are allowed to use pine tar and really get all over the bats. He's like, uh, JT, whoever that was on his team, hits a home run and comes to the dugout and high fives everybody. Now I got maybe resin, uh, uh, pine tar residue on my hand. And then I go pitch and now I'm illegal. Like, do I got to get somebody to wash my hand off? Like he has all these questions that should have been brought up before they start to enforce the rules. And that's where the MLB's gone wrong so right now i don't think it's a great time to do it i totally agree with him but uh, anyway he's full I'll of great shocked. points i love him i'll be shocked if, the, if they're consistent with it i'll be shocked maybe i think in the, uh, the for a month we'll see you know uh the umpires getting with the pitcher before the game starts and checking him over in his pockets and all that and i think you'll slowly see it go away just like every other sport when they want to crack down on a particular aspect of the game the referees just disappear i'll be shocked if they continue on with that um Anywho, I forgot about Mike's with this drone issue. Remember, he cut his finger with the drone, and he was yes, pitching against yeah. the Jays. I think it was the Jays, yeah. wasn't it? And it was all full yes. of blood. All full of blood. Yeah, yeah. that anyway. was a big one too because they needed him. He, yeah, that was playoffs. Ended up leaving the game. Yeah, yeah. I um, I also remember Sanchez cutting his finger on a briefcase or something stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> was Aaron not Sanchez? Aaron Sanchez. Yeah, he cut his. He hurt his 
broke his fingernail on a briefcase. Mike, can you fact check that? I'm pretty sure we're pretty sure that was the case. No pun intended. Who uses um, a briefcase? A briefcase. What are you, a what? lawyer? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, real quick before we get finish the show with ha- our uh, our um, NHL take uh, and also uh, a quick game we want to play. I did want to mention. So I'm 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 surprised the Bucks and the Hawks are representing the Eastern Conference. It's an interesting matchup. Uh, the Hawks are built uh, for today's NBA. They're fast. They have sur- the best player can shoot and drive, and they're surrounded by shooters. And they got just enough big men to make a mess in down low. But then I mean, they're not filled with scoring down low. This might be Giannis's best opportunity to win a title with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's taken a lot of heat over the years. They can't shoot the three. He's a one-trick pony. He folds under pressure. The Bucks aren't look. The Bucks are here, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, this is how fickle the NBA is. Mike Budenholzer, who's the Bucks head coach, who I think is a really good coach, um, who actually coached the Atlanta Hawks when they were quite good. Uh, had he lost a series, would have been fired. This this is how delicate the balance is in the NBA when it comes to coaching carousel. Now he's you know, one series away from being in the finals. So it's going to be very, very interesting uh, to see that that uh, matchup. I don't know if you have any interest in watching that, considering they're not two sort of premier franchises. Your thoughts on Milwaukee-Atlanta as an Eastern Conference final? Well, I'm going for Atlanta. I watched games the last five minutes of Game 7 between the Bucks and the uh, Nets. and uh, When Durant uh, went nuts? Well, went Durant, nuts. Durant. I found like he was. I didn't know. I didn't know previously what his game was like. So they put it up. And he said, "Oh, yeah, forty six points, whatever." So he had a big game. But when he I watched the it, most points in a in a game seven history. That's the most points that anyone's ever scored in game seven history, which was shocking. To if me. the whole game was was on par with what I saw, it was literally four of the guys standing around, and he was just <laughs> forcing a one on one shot every time. Yeah, like it was yeah. constant. It was just. I'm like. What's Harden's well, doing nothing. Nobody else is doing anything. It's just literally Durant going down and trying to force a shot. Yeah, he hit a couple, but he also missed a, a few. I mean, really, the Nets were an inch away from winning that game. If his mm-hmm. foot wasn't on the line and he hits that three-pointer, they're up and likely winning True. it. Overtime was two points for the first four minutes. I think there was another four-point score, but it was the ugliest basketball I had seen. I, I didn't watch a lot of basketball this year, and it was brutal. And so, anyway, I don't know. If the Bucks play anywhere in that sort of realm, I think the Hawks can beat them. I hope the Hawks beat For them. Sure. I'd rather see, you know, Trey Young and stuff go on because the Bucks have never been, I mean, whatever. With the Raptors and stuff, they're always kind of that team. At, and whatever, the Lopez brothers, please. They, <laughs> anyway. I, I know. I'm, I'm with <clears> you there. And, I, uh, you know, you make some great points about uh, Durant. Uh, to his credit, to the Nets' credit, Harden had no business being on the floor. He's got a great, great two hamstring strain. He has no business playing. And then the rest of their roster, Kyrie was out. The rest of their roster is just like a, a mishmash of like, um, of uh, like uh, journeymen, just guys yeah. who've been around on every team. So, I mean, kudos to Kevin Durant for uh, doing what he did in that series all by himself, really, and uh, incredible stuff. Did you see Ben Simmons' last two minutes of his of the Sixers game? <laughs> no, I I only paid attention to it when I saw that. Oh uh, my god! The, I mean, this guy Twitter. is supposed to be this their second best player. You know, he he got a he took a pass on a backdoor cut, and he had a wide open. It would have been a dunk for him actually, and he passed it off. And they're down by four with a, two minutes left. He passes it off. 
The guy, his teammate gets fouled, misses the first free throw. So now they're down by three instead of down by two. And then he, something happened. He, he pulled out of the game and didn't go back in. Now it wasn't injury related. He just didn't, he didn't play the last two minutes. Have you ever seen, imagine Scotty Pippen being pulled the last two minutes of a game, uh, game seven, no less in the playoffs. Like, this guy's making 140 million bucks over the course of three seasons or something like that. He's now untradeable. He, his value has plummeted. So I know no, you're no, not a big no, Sixers no. fan, eh? Real quick, uh, NBA contracts are guaranteed. His value hasn't changed. <laughs> his value <laughs> He's still is still 147 yeah, no, no, right? mil. <laughs> so that's a lot of money for a guy who literally can't shoot. Um, what was it that the Twitter? Cole Beasley even thinks that Simmons is too hesitant <laughs> shooting or something yeah. or getting a shot yeah, yeah. or something. Anyway, taking a shot. Ben Simmons is a super uber talented guy. He's just stuck in this gray area where he doesn't know if he wants to be Magic Johnson, LeBron James, or if he wants to be uh, like uh, a scorer. He's, and he, so he's like right in the middle and he hasn't gone out of the way. You got to pick one and go with it. So I, I hate the Sixers, so I could care less about the, the Philadelphia 76ers. I feel bad for Doc Rivers. It feels like he loses every year. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, I'm, uh, NBA is cool, man. It's a, it's a it's going to be cool to see. Uh, a, I think the Suns are going to come out of that uh, the Western Conference playing the Clippers. So it's going to be cool to see like a Suns Hawks Suns Suns and four Suns, Suns and four, four. could be no. hey, that guy that that Suns and four guy is on cameo now or whatever. Like he, he is he living beat his the hell out of a Denver Nuggets uh, fan. Like literally beat, beat the, the hell. He kind of he kind of hockey fought him a little bit there, but it was yeah. uh, anyway. Uh, real impressive. quick, uh, we got confirmation that the Sanchez. Uh, has acknowledged Wednesday that the bruised right index finger that has sidelined him for the past two months occurred when his finger got caught in a falling suitcase. <laughs> this, I mean, that's you can't make this stuff up, folks. I mean, Unreal. It's it's so finicky. And yes, Mike, the chalk bag that usually sits on the mound is called rosin and is yeah. still approved by the league. It's very bizarre. Okay, let's let's talk. Let's finish off the show with hockey before I put you through a thirty-second test. Uh, wow, the Lightning laid the lumber last night. It was eight zip, and then Matt Barzal got into a sort of an ugly fight. He's only he's only fined. He's not getting suspended because that'd have been a huge loss for the Islanders. Oh yeah. Um, whoa! Uh, if the Islanders can come back from this, you know they're down three-two and you know an eight-zero drubbing, and if they can still win the series. It would be arguably a very, very, um, uh, um, it would be an amazing achievement for that franchise if they can do that. Do you see that happening? Um, I don't not see it happening. Like, if it was a one nothing close game in game five, and you're like, well, you know what? It was one bounce, whatever. Hey, one nothing, eight nothing, it doesn't matter. You didn't score, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it doesn't matter what you lose by. Does it maybe add a little bit of extra motivation to say, you know what? We got really embarrassed in that game. We got to pick it up. Not like, hey, we kept it close and whatever. It was like, you know what? They took the they took us behind the shed and beat us. So mm-hmm. maybe there's an extra motivation. I think the barn's going to be really loud. I hope that it goes to a game seven. Then who knows? If it goes to a game seven, all all bets are off and it's it's anybody's game. It takes a few bounces here and there. I think Varlamov bounces back with a pretty solid game, but. Yeah. Um, 
You know, I mean, Tampa, when you put up eight goals, Tampa looks pretty good. But once you're past three, four, nothing in a playoff game, it does get out of hand. You know what I mean? Uh, Unless you're the the Boston Bruins playing the Leafs, you don't really feel like you're going to be back in the game anytime soon. So, yeah. um, you know, you start to focus on different things or maybe think of the next game, whatever. So I could see you getting out of hand pretty easily. And that's why you get to eight, nothing. But uh, it's a fun series. I'm going to watch it. That'll be a good one. Yeah. Not, the Islanders are such an interesting franchise. Remember for a couple of years, the Nassau Coliseum was a dump. It was actually leaking all the time. The roof was falling apart. Then they said, you know what, we're going to go play somewhere. I think they were playing in Brooklyn for a few years where the at the Barclays. And then that just wasn't working out. We weren't drawing fans. So they're like, well, we'll, we'll play our – they made the playoffs that year. They will play the playoffs at, back at Nassau. They were drawing huge crowds, nostalgic. They renovated Nassau. Now they're back there full time. That, that old building, it's a really, really old building. It's got some buzz to it. Like, it's so cool to watch games on TV there. It's, it's, it's certainly um, nostalgic if you're, an, you know, if you grew up in the 80s watching those Islander teams. So I, I, got, a, I got an affinity for the New York Islanders much more than I do the Rangers and or the, and or the Devils. Uh, I'm going for them hard. I love Barry Trotz. I don't see, I don't see them beating ten. Tampa's good. No, that's a lot of goals uh, for a playoff game. That's a lot of goals. That's a lot of goals for any game, but for a playoff game when everything's tight and uh, and like you said, whether it's one or eight zero doesn't matter. A loss is a loss, but like it's got to play on your psyche a little bit to know that you let in eight goals. Yeah, I mean Varlamov only let in three, I think, and then it was the other the other kid. So it's going to be a, sure. you know what I mean? I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be nice an interesting segue. game. Nice segue to my next topic. Uh, I thought, personally, taking Flurry out and putting Robin Leonard in was going to backfire. I thought, this is a, this is a game, five, game four. If they lose, they're down 3-1. That's a lot of pressure for Robin Leonard, a, a guy who's been who's kind of a loudmouth, who's been very vocal throughout his career. You're putting him in a situation he hasn't played in a long time. Uh Wow, he came out and he played really well. He made a couple of huge saves. Cole Caulfield, breakaway, he made a great save there. I mean, he kept them in the game despite being down 1-0. He held the fort. Your thoughts on how Flurry handled it, which I thought was really, really good. Amazing. And how, um, and how well Leonard played. Yeah, I, I was in the same boat as you. Like, I, I was saying that Flurry's going to come back motivated and like one of those gaffes. So he's just like, you know what? I'm going to shut it down next time. Um, just like he did in the juniors and, and in his career, if he's had gaffes, yeah. he's come back pretty hard. Uh, yeah. The fact they put Leonard in, I was like, no way. Like there's no way you do that in the middle of the series for a guy who's been playing really well. It's one gaff, yeah. whatever. But he came in and he played very, very well. And there's, there are different styles. Like flurry is more spectacular. He's not as big as Leonard by any means. Leonard was is pretty solid. He just he fills up a good chunk of the net and he's not all over the place. He's not making the spectacular saves, but he's he's cutting off angles and he's making himself big, which he's big. So yeah. that style played in very well to that last game. Sure I did. think the biggest thing from this whole thing is that Flurry again is the consummate team player where he says, "You know what? I don't care what I got to do for this team, I'm going to do it." And if it's sitting on the bench, and waiting and being Leonard's backup this time, so be it. You know, I know he he was he felt worse than anybody when he turned that puck over and gave the Canadians that victory. Like, I don't he I love the kid. 
Like he's mm. still probably one of my favorite goalies. I have him on the wall here, like for pictures. It's not something I normally have, but I was like, you know what? If I'm going to get one, it's going to be this kid. Um, so I, now the question is, who do you go with? Yeah, I guess you ride the hot hand with Leonard, probably. Yeah. But Leonard's in the Nets tonight, so <clears throat> there you go. So I'm right again. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, it's uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like there is no bad choice. I think if Flurry ever gets called upon in this series or the next series or whenever. He will perform very well. Uh, so Vegas has a, you know, their their issue is two good goalies at this point. Yep. Yep. Hey, I both couldn't, uh, I can't add any more to that. I mean, those the, the class act by uh, Flurry to handle it the way he did. I mean, uh, and then Robin Leonard played played exceptional. So good for him. Uh, the, the last game, I'm not, we talked a little bit about this. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. I thought the refereeing was absolutely atrocious. Not because I'm a Habs fan. I mean, it was atrocious both ways. The Habs didn't have one power play last game. Chris Lee just put away his whistle, and him and his crew just said, you know what, it's going to be old-time hockey. Let's let everything go. And Vegas only Uh, had one, so let's not go and make somebody think it's eight to nothing or whatever. No, no, it was was definitely both ways, but it, it was tilted a lot more towards Montreal. And Chris Lee has a history with Montreal. He has a history of dislike for the franchise. Um, as a head referee, he's not very good. He's not ranked very high. Why the hell would the NHL assign him this game? Well, I mean, isn't it the same, uh, the same thing the Leafs fans were saying when, why was Kerry Frazier reffing the Leafs LA game seven when he knows that he didn't want to <laughs> see Toronto play, <laughs> play Montreal. You know what I mean? Like he has an affinity for the Habs and everybody knows uh, it. So I must be whatever. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. It was it was uh, it was good to see Guy Lafleur in one of those games. Uh, he's been fighting a, a, a tough uh, tough cancer, uh, but he's hanging tough. And uh, the hockey world lost uh, a really good guy, a really good hockey guy. Tom Curvers passed away from an aggressive lung cancer. He was diagnosed in 2019. And he fought hard, but uh, Tom Curvers, former defenseman for uh, Leafs and Habs, actually in the 80s. I think he was with the Islanders for a few years as well. So uh, my condolences to the Curvers family. Mm. Um, just sad to hear that kind of stuff. You know, the, our the people we watched growing up as, as kids, it's, uh, it's tough to see. So We're getting um, to that age, Pep. Things happen. I hear you, pal. I hear you. Quickly, the, um, did you see this post from the Habs? Uh, I saw it today. Mm-hmm. And I, if it's real, it's kind of eerie, where they're comparing their run in 93 to the run in, two, in 2021. Where mm-hmm. both teams were down two games in round one to the rival and came back to win, they both swept the second round. Uh, they go to the West Coast team after they both lose game one four to one. They both win game two three to two, and mm-hmm. both won game three in overtime. It's crazy. I don't know if you saw it. It's like exactly the same hey. as what, and you know, we know what happened the- in '93. Oh yeah, and like this is the, all the pressures on Vegas. I mean, Montreal is playing with house money now. Like they're no one expected them to win two games versus Vegas. Someone, someone, some people were saying sweep. Some people were saying one game maybe. I said two. They they take two. I thought Vegas would still win, but now just watching how they've played and watching how Montreal suffocated the Vegas scores. Look, both teams are are definitely in a scoring drought. Like we haven't seen anything from Stone, Pacioretty, um, Marcheseau, Carlson. None of those guys are putting the puck in the net. It's been all defensemen for uh, for Vegas. Um, yeah, because the then carries blocked at that point, and it's through traffic. True, but I mean, at the end of the day, those guys still have to have to produce, and they haven't. The same thing with that with the Habs, though. I mean, the Habs number one line is more like a third line with Dano, Galley, and Lekkinen, which was supposed to be Evans. I, I, 
if I was the coach, I would consider, and I like Arturi Lekin. I think he's played qu- quite well uh, in his role, but he's not a scorer. He hasn't scored all year. I wouldn't. Yeah. I want to see Tatar. Now is the time to bring him back off the healthy scratch. He's been top three Canadian uh, in the last since he's been acquired in scoring, including this year. The guy can put the puck in the net. He's defensively pretty responsible for a score. I think now's the time you pull the, the old ace in the hole here and bring Tatar back in the lineup and you sit Lekin in. Evans uh, doesn't look like he's going to be back this series. What do you think about bringing back Tomash Tatar as a, sort of a wild card? Because good score to bring off the uh, off the healthy scratch list. Are you talking to me? I'm not a Habs fan. I'm going for I'm Vegas, talking. so I don't care if Tatar plays. If he's going to score, <laughs> sit him down. Well, you heard you heard it here first, then, folks. I think Thomas Tatar should come off uh, come off the healthy scratch list. Take Arturi Lekkinen, who's done a great job, but he's also a, a, a great teammate, consummate professional. He'll be okay in the box for a game. See what kind of offense you could generate from Gallagher is a 30-goal scorer, and he hasn't been able to put the puck in the net. Something's wrong with that front first line in terms of scoring. Maybe they don't want them to score. Maybe they're sticking with Suzuki and Caulfield and Anderson and Toffoli, and they're, they're relying on those guys for the scoring. But you need something from that first line, no? You should expect something from your first line, realistically. The Montreal yeah. seems to be a lot more opportunistic uh, in terms of the way they play and shut That's teams down. That's a great down. call, bud. And uh, so I don't think their their game plan isn't the the traditional, like, let's go out there and hammer it. It's like, look, they're going to make – let's put pressure on them. There's going to be mistakes, and let's capitalize on the mistakes, and then from there we can kind of shut them down. Um, 100% counterpunchers, 100%. Yeah, so, you know, again, Tatar should – I mean, we got a big fan here. Uh, I mean, Mike thinks it's it's Tartar sauce going on fish, I think. But anyway, <laughs> he likes them. He likes it. Thanks, uh, Mikey. Hey, Mike, I think yeah, he likes Tatar. I like Tatar. I like Mike. I think we see something going on here. I think we see where there's like a the stars are aligning. Maybe we'll see Tatar in the, in the live tonight. I doubt it. But Tatar we'll, also we'll sounds like a soccer player's name, so maybe Mike's he thinking does, something yeah. else. <laughs> that's true. Don't mess with the winning lineup. I, that's great advice, Mike, our producer, except they lost. So, yeah, but that's great advice. <laughs> okay, listen, we're at the end of our show. I've got one last thing I want to play with you. It's I, This game has no name, um, but it's... It's really simple. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. It's not I'm simple, gonna, but I'm anyway. Taking the, I know it's pretty cool. I'm taking the NFL, but I can use, I could go I could pick any league I wanted. I'm I'm choosing the NFL. I'm going to narrow it down. Okay. You have 30 seconds to guess one player. I know that sounds crazy, but you get to ask me and I've given you the series of questions you're allowed to ask me. Um, I will answer you as quick as possible because you only have 30 seconds. I've got a timer right in front of me here. Um, and you'll have to guess the player. So, um, whenever right. you're ready, I'll hit start when you ask me the first question. All right. On your mark. Pressure is on. How long is 30 okay. seconds? Oh, my God. All right. On your mark, get set, <clears throat> go. Uh, AFC or NFC? AFC. Uh, what division? North, south, east, west? North. Uh, on the Steelers? Nope. Colts? Nope. Bengals? Nope. Browns? Browns. Skill position? Nope. Ooh. Uh, O-line? Nope. Defensive line? Defense. Uh, tackle? Three. Nope. Uh, Javian Clowney? Time. That was 30 <laughs> seconds? 
<laughs> time. That was 32 seconds, actually. Good Lord. The answer was Miles Garrett. Ah, I went to the right ah, instead of should have went to the left. Yeah. <laughs> so you're 0 for 1, kid. We'll, we'll do this four times, see how many times, how many ones you get right in four attempts. Uh, not, not right now, but every okay, week we'll do a new one. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do this again. I need to figure out my questions better. So here's how, if I were you, this is what I would have done. I would have said, oh, obviously it's NFL. Normally, I'm not even supposed to tell you the sport, but I gave you the sport. Okay. NFL. Then uh, AFC, NFC, you chose AFC. Division, North, South, East, or West, I think are the uh, NFL divisions in the AFC. You yeah. said nor- uh, North eventually. You picked the right team, Cleveland. And then it's, I would have said offense, defense. I think you kind of went like, did I not say offense, defense? You, said, you went skill position, I think, or something like that. Well, which is cool. You could ask me whatever you want. Yeah. But I would have gone offense, defense. Uh, I would have said defense. And then you could start naming off whatever. Well, then he would have said skill. I would have had to say skill or not. So what have I? Uh, whatever. It wouldn't have been any faster. You, you lost. Anyway, I lost, but it wouldn't have been were, any you faster. Were you were close. You were at the 32nd mark on the defensive side. I'm like, okay, maybe he's going to get this. You know, Miles Garrett. Uh, not, not I gave you some. I didn't think you were going to yeah. give me, like, one of their big stars initially. So that's why I went with Clowney. Anyway. There you go. <laughs> All right. Fine. <laughs> okay. This is... Uh, I th- I'm going to come up with a game for you. I'm going to give you 15 seconds to figure out the color and number that I'm thinking in my head. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, destined right, to well, fail. Okay. That's all we got, pal. That's it. Uh, that's on all I got on my agenda. So, um, well, hey, enjoy the sports tonight. We got the Jays are on. I got the, the Habs are on as well. I think there's an NBA game as well. So it's a loaded slate tonight on the, on the television. Nice. The only thing I, uh, we didn't bring up was uh, Greg Olson's comments. I don't know if you saw that real quick. He was like, they're tight asking end, tight Olson? ends. Yeah. He says, they asked tight ends to do what $15 million a year left tackles do. And they asked tight ends to do what $15 million wide receivers do. He says, yet they only want to pay tight ends $7 million. And my, my thing to him is, yeah, you're asked to do those, but you do not do either as well as the $15 million ones. Anyway. That was my, it, it, is, uh, it is the modern-day fullback. I mean, really, the tight end has to do a little bit of everything well. Um, that's, yeah. an interesting, that's an interesting position. I, I mean, really, that's yeah. a, I get his point, too, but I just don't – like, you could do everything, that's great, but if you're not doing something extremely well, like, again, you're not doing the left tackle, you're not blocking the, the stud defensive ends as well as the left tackle is going to be doing, and you're not running routes – as well as a wide receiver would be running. Kyle Pitts maybe uh, aside, but then Kyle Pitts mm. isn't going to be blocking at the same level either. It's just where yeah. that is. So um, anyway. True story. All right. Um, that's it for tonight. We will be back next week um, with some more. Actually, we're getting closer to football stuff, so we might be uh, talking some uh, some more of that. But by that yeah, time, we'll And the glasses like, stay. The glasses should stay. Um, we should have Stanley Cup finalists set up by next week as well. So yeah. let's see uh, what jersey Pep is wearing at that point. Hey, <laughs> we're going out. Uh, shout out to uh, Big Boss Man Kwame. He does his uh, Thursday night stuff. So a couple weeks ago, I was on the golf course listening to the tunes he was playing, and it was just nonstop. It was great. And then this last week, I was driving home. His set was on, and he was kind of like an R&B, sort of old-school R&B stuff. And it got me thinking. I remember the old Nutty Professor soundtracks. Um, 
and they were they were pretty good. So anyway, so I pulled those up on Spotify. I got a couple of songs, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be throwing that on. And uh, although this gentleman is best known for This Is How We Do It, uh, it's Montel Jordan, his song ah. called I Like from The Nutty Professor. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Big Kwame. This is for you, bud. Boss man. I'm in trouble, I suppose, because I just hit girlfriend jalopy in my drop top rows. Traffic came to a halt. I'm like, I beg your pardon, madam, it was totally my fault. And instead of a yelling and acting all bug hunt, all in my drop dead gorgeous mug. Pretty body, definitely curvy. And thirdly, the way she died in here, bronze fitted her superbly. Baby, let me say what's on my mind. Take a little time to express myself. Honey, I think you're fly.
can't help myself Baby, I like I like to kiss your lips And when you move your hips Ooh, I can't help myself Baby, I like